0: This is Splunk Talk, a weekly show where we answer questions sent in by listeners and collected from various forums. Visit Splunk.tv to subscribe or listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Central Time. As always, to be a part of the show and submit a question, please send an email to SplunkTalk at Splunk.com. Welcome to another exciting, action-packed, fun-filled episode of Splunk Talk. With us today, as always, is Jeff Blake out of the windy city of Chicago. Jeff, how's it going? How you doing, Michael? I am doing very good. Good. Uh, And down in Dallas, of course, our good friend Maverick. Maverick, what's happening today down there in Dallas?
1: Ooh, it's hot down here in Dallas. How you all doing?
0: Uh, It's pretty good here. This is Michael Wild, affectionately known as the Splunk Ninja. And I hail from a cave deep down inside of Austin, Texas, a bit south of Dallas, but of course in the great state of Texas.
1: There's bats in that cave or...
0: Uh, it depends oh, no they're, it they're depends under the on, it, you know it depends on what i'm cooking Actually, <laughs> making some ribs something like that this it's time, time for the main part of the show our question and answer period today's theme for our panel is going to be distributed search today starting off our question and answer session jeff blake what do you got for us today
2: well uh aligned with the With the theme for today, Michael, I got this very question uh, at a customer site this week. So just generically, what is a Splunk distributed search?
0: Great question. So there's a number of, of answers to that, but I'll give one of them. And distributed search is a process inside of Splunk where you can send a search request to one or more servers. So maybe you have, you know, a server in England and a server in uh, New York and you want to search both of them, distributed search helps you with that.
1: Yeah, and sometimes I even, I'll say, um, I'll tell customers that it's uh, sort of like a virtual aggregation of their events, right? Because uh, when you search across the different indexes, like you're saying, Michael, and bring back the results, it's sort of like you're getting a consolidated view of the of the events as if you were physically aggregating them on your server, but you're really not. You're just bringing them back at search time. So I, sometimes I refer to it as virtual aggregation, Um, Or a parallel search, maybe. You can think of it as sending it out and simultaneously searching at the same time in parallel.
2: Yeah, along with that, uh, what's really interesting with uh, starting in Splunk 4.0, we actually implement a uh, a distributed search model called uh, MapReduce, which some of the more popular uh, data store engines like Google and Yahoo use. And that's part of our uh, core piece of the Splunk architecture. Probably a good idea for a theme for another show, but it all kind of dovetails into the concept of distributed search.
0: One thing I kind of think is pretty cool about distributed search is, you know, you can keep your data in each data center, for example, like as I was talking about one in New York and let's say one in London, and you don't have to send everything over the WAN. But when you do a search... The search request is broadcast to both servers. Of course, if you have access to that and then the results are sent back to the browser, it's a really efficient way to do search. And also you get the power of a couple of different computers. So definitely a, a cool, very cool. cool feature. I have a question here uh, from somebody that sent an email to splunk Talk at splunk.com. And we collect these under uh, this theme of distributed search. Here, here's, here's another one. Um, my networking group has a Splunk server right now, and I'm in the web team, and I would like to keep my data on my own Splunk server. Is there a way I can search both servers if I need to?
1: Yeah, let me let me start with that one. So um, we have this idea with, when it comes to distributed search uh, setup, we have the idea of a search head and a search peer, and any Splunk instance can be a search head and a search peer. So you would, in, to answer this question, you would set up your Splunk instance, the one that you are indexing to as your search head, and you would designate your um, the other team's uh, instance as a search peer. And as long as they authenticate, let you authenticate against it, um, you, know, you, you can connect securely to it and be able to pull back the search results from their instance as well as your own.
2: What's really great to add to that, Mav, is that you can start out with a single instance on a single server of Splunk and have one source of data going into it. Someone else can start their own um, uh, Splunk instance separate from yours with their own data. And later you can add out, you know, build out to have that separate search heads that can do the distributed searches as well. So it's a, it's a nice way to not just keep things segregated but allow you to uh, use multiple you know, pieces of capacity in your infrastructure to to help with performance.
1: Right. And and this question is a typical question. I get it a lot also just in, you know, week on a weekly basis, it seems like, uh because I think different groups discover us in different ways for different to leverage us in different ways. And for different use cases and reasons, so um, it's very common that you may um, organically kind of grow into a distributed type of a deployment. You may not necessarily start out that way, but you'll you know most customers I think eventually get to where they're using and, and leveraging the the whole distributed search capabilities uh, because of the flexibility and how easy it is to do it like this. So,
0: good answer. I'll bet that Maverick has a question, but. We're going to stop after the break. We'll get to your question. You know, we've got a user conference coming up. Did you guys hear about the Worldwide User Conference? Ooh, yes, of course we did. Tell us about it. Uh, Splunk's been around for something like four or five years. It's been gaining in in users and people who uh, use the product for free and uh, become customers. And users have been asking us to let everyone around the world get together. So Splunk has got their first Worldwide Users Conference Monday, August 9th through Wednesday, August 11th. There's a pre-conference as well. We're uh, called Splunk University. Splunk User Conference is at the Palace Hotel in San Francisco, California. Uh, Hit splunk.com to register. There are something like seven different tracks that you can sign up for. Over forty different sessions. Personally, I'm doing a session on everyone's favorite topic, regular expressions, or some people call it regex. And I'm going to try to make the world's most boring subject really fun and interesting. Uh, rumor has it there might be the destruction of some O'Reilly books up on stage, but we'll have to see if uh, if I can get a permit for that. So
1: uh, yeah, you- and also 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 bring your guitar because we're going to have a, a a whole Splunk jam session. As well, and in the evening, I think in one of the nights,
0: you guys signed up for him. What ones are you uh, are? Are you doing? Yeah.
1: yeah, me and Nimish are going to do one, uh, co-present one on uh, transactional analysis and um, some cool transactional type searches and interesting other interesting searches that we find uh, we can do with the the very advanced language that Splunk has. Uh, it's going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty fun and pretty cool. I think a lot of people are going to be very enlightened when they walk out. At least I hope.
2: I'm doing one on uh, Splunk architecture and another one on uh, the apps concept in Splunk.
0: Very nice. Hit Splunk.com. Click on the user conference. Register. There's some tools for you. I think there's a letter in there to help uh, help you do the business justification for it and all of that. It's going to be really great because you'll get to meet people uh, that are interested in Splunk, Lots of people who work at Splunk, people who develop, customers, everybody's going to be there. It's going to be the place to be if you're involved in Splunk. So check that out August 9th through 11th here in San Francisco.
1: Hope to see you there.
0: Back to the questions. Last but not least is Maverick. What do you got for us today?
1: Okay, I got a question. So listen up. I uh, This guy writes in and says, I have a 350 gigabyte a day of web traffic data that I'm planning to index each day. So that's... 350 gigs a day. I will need to do an ad hoc search and create reports. Will I need distributed search and why?
2: I'll take that. It's, it's an interesting question at 350 gigabytes is starting to get upwards into, into some of the, uh, higher, uh, higher levels of data. We do have a lot of customers that are indexing terabytes a day, but, um, 350 gig could represent a lot of information coming in and, one aspect of distributing the index would be uh, d- to allow uh, a lot of different hardware pieces to be dedicated to the the indexing. So in other words, rather than having everything coming into one box, it might make more sense to load balance the inputs into the indexes and actually have uh, two or three or four uh, indexers all processing the data uh, prior to search. And that would be, that would then uh, mean that you're going to do a distributed search once you want to go and write these reports and these searches. It's probably another couple reasons. Uh, Michael, you want to pick that one up?
0: Yeah, mostly in, in that case, it's 350 gigs a day. And the average dual quad core box, you know, is going to do between 100 and 200 a day. So you're definitely going to need more than one server to work on that. But what we've also seen is if customers even employ more machines, you can use physical servers or virtual servers, you're getting access to to more computing power to process that. And what we also see is that users will not only do ad hoc search, they will not only do real-time search in 4.0, one, we released real-time search. But they'll also do statistical summarization, that MapReduce concept that Jeff was talking about. Um, you know, they will likely be running these searches frequently to summarize data, and having some extra servers on hand to do that is not a bad idea.
1: Yeah, another thing I would add is that maybe, you know, even if you had less, if you only had 50 gigs, you might still want to do it just uh, just to take advantage of it. And also in anticipation that eventually you may end up a growing the the deployment to 300 or 500 terabyte, which is very typical in a lot of our, a lot of our customer installations. They, they realize, I think as soon as people realize what they can do with the technology uh, beyond what they imagined in their original use cases and the reasons they brought in the product and the solution, they, they grow very quickly. So I would, I would start with distributed searching uh, d- distributed deployment architecture sooner than later.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point to let me, close that out with splunk is really hard to screw up architecturally so if you if you you know make a deployment you only have a couple of servers and they're in one particular data center you don't really have to re-architect you can always flexibly just add more hardware in a different location in the same location not the kind of thing you can do with you know a relational database backed system because it's really hard to just you know make a database just Massively larger and added across multiple servers. So good, 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 good questions. As always, excellent questions, great answers. If you have feedback or would like to submit a question to be answered on air, send a note to Splunk Talk at Splunk.com. That's Splunk, T-A-L-K, at Splunk, S-P-L-U-N-K, dot com.
2: Splunk Talk.
0: Yes, thank you. <laughs> so what's going on this week? Anything interesting happening in the world of Splunk in your life or down the street? Uh well, I um I guess we could talk about a
1: couple of the new people we've just hired at Splunk. We got uh we have a new professor, Dr. Archana Ganapathy, and she's joined us just last week and she's uh she's a PhD from US uh UC Berkeley. And, uh, she's coming in to help us with, uh, you know, the whole, how do we, how do we do massive amounts of data and scalable data processing analysis and things like that? Um, she knows, I mean, you know, she knows a lot about MapReduce, for example, and she's very familiar with Hadoop and some of those, those kinds of techniques. So I think, uh, bringing her on board is going to be a, a huge benefit for us. Um, I mean, what do you think? you think that's, that's a good idea?
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Having more and more smart people doing the computer science associated with optimizing search and making it more scalable is awesome. You know, when I started here back in 2006, the Splunk search engine was even amazing back then. But we've seen people want more and more out of it, more data, more distribution, more reports, all sorts of crazy different things. And, uh, you know, the smart people in Splunk Engineering have been able to keep up pretty well. So it's nice to see some more uh, PhDs on board. I, I wonder if, if she can write me a prescription. That's that's the real thing I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. This yeah. whole
2: thing with uh, Hadoop and some of the other uh, research level uh, uh, search type, type things are really interesting, and I know we should probably get Eric Swan, our uh, our uh, one of our co-founders, to to talk on on a Splunk talk about that. I know we're going to be doing down the road some interesting integrations with Splunk and Hadoop and some of the other uh, highly scalable uh, data stores like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and also I uh, just wanted to make sure I mentioned that uh, that we have a new uh, channel de- channel uh, manager for. Um, UK, North, UK, and Northern EMEA. and his name is Martin Panter, and he is going to be based out of our UK office in Maidenhead. And and you know we're really, it's really a good sign I think that you know we're starting to hire a lot more people around the world, not just in the US. Um, and the interesting thing about Martin is that he um, he had some scholarships for to play football or what we would call soccer here in, in the U.S. Prop, prop um,
0: football. proper <laughs>
1: proper prop football yeah. at, at Rutgers, Rutgers and the University of San Diego. So um, now that the World Cup is going on, we're suspecting that he's really not going to start f- officially until the World Cup is over. But
0: Here's what I got to know. I got to know, Maverick, what is your rank on Splunk Answers?
1: Oh, you had to ask me. Why did you do that? Um, yeah, no, I am. Because uh, uh,
0: it keeps me up at night.
1: Well, Blake's been, yeah, Blake, you've been kind of accusing people of like voting me down and trying to get me off the board, but I am I've actually... i never said that. Yeah, you dream about that. You want <laughs> me to be totally...
2: We wrote a script to do it for us.
1: That's right. Exactly. <laughs> I have, uh, I'm, I'm ranked number 14, I'm 14th right now, so I'm really happy. I'm continuing to ask questions. I get a lot of questions from customers and I just post them. Anytime I get a question, I just post it for, on their behalf so I can get the reputation points for it. And thank you. Thank you. You, um, you were 15th last week. I was, I'm 14th now. I'm just, so if I can stay in the top 20, up. I'm cool. Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> so, so any of you that can hear me talking now, if you can hear me now, you should get on answers.splunk.com, get an account on splunk.com, log into answers.splunk.com, ask your questions. You'll, you'll be amazed, absolutely amazed at how fast the answers will come and multiple answers too.
2: So let me, I'll take the uh, speaking stick and. Give a shameless plug to uh, for the Midwest folks where I'm where I'm at. We're we're going to have our first inaugural uh, St. Louis user group. The uh, right after the uh, Fourth of July holidays uh, that week, uh, time and place to be determined at this point. But for all the St. Louis and uh, uh, Missouri listeners, make sure you uh, keep that week open, and we'll we'll have more on, in next week's Splunk Live for or Splunk Talk for the. Uh, date and time
1: you know, Cool. let me know I, I may come up with that that sounds fun
2: awesome we'll put you to work
0: no, well
1: all right fine
0: folding t-shirts
1: <laughs> what about you Wally? anything interesting you know
0: i have a couple that of you're in-
1: aware of or that you want to talk about
0: stuff uh a a fabulous dot release of splunk uh splunk 4.1.3 is out And most of the stuff uh, are issues that have been resolved. There's a couple of security fixes in there. You should see a banner on your Splunk login page uh, that'll let you know you need to upgrade. So it's always best to have the latest version of Splunk. That way, issues that you may run into will be fixed. And, uh, you know, sometimes there are features that are out. Another thing that I found that was cool this week is Ledeon Bitnica? He's one of our developers. Uh, he's actually, I think he's in Los Angeles now. He moved down there and he created an app. If you go to Splunk.com, uh, in the blogs, he created an app that does alert throttling. Um, so it has a search command associated with it and a set of uh, configurations, which is kind of nice so that you, know, you can have... Uh, alerts in splunk triggered to uh to go whenever you'd like them of course but then you have some uh, ability to throttle them as well and it it kind of is a testament to the way our product works is that a user although ledion does uh work in the engineering group can practically make their own features but just by adding to the search language so check it out um on ledion's blog up on uh, blogs.splunk.com it was a Pretty cool little uh, little feature he he released. So
1: yeah, you should you should check it out just because Ledian's got a cool name. So
0: he he has a very cool name and he, <laughs> and he's he's all, he's all just, ba- just
1: for that reason you should just do it
0: exactly automatically means he's
1: that's cooler. even cooler. Yeah, yeah, totally. You should
2: just. Talk.
0: Well, yes. it's Splunk Talk. It is time for the final. Segment of the show where I press the button on the cool background jazz music, and uh, what did we learn and this not, week?
1: And not the bleep button. You're not going to pl- press the bleep button. I, I but, might.
0: Right. I might. Uh, yeah. No, you can't. We gotta. We gotta keep it clean here for the kids. For my favorite segment, <laughs> what did I learn this week? This, of course, can be, can be about Splunk or anything randomly technical. What do you got, boys? Well, what did you, what, no, why
1: don't you start, man? We don't want you to start.
0: All right, fine. So I work with Splunk. Well, I work for Splunk uh, as a sales engineer, but uh, I deal with the product every day. And I was working with a customer; they have their own custom log formats. Uh, they are a let's see, they're an advertising network. And when you index data in Splunk, it eats it just fine. And Splunk will pull out uh, its fields and out of key-value pairs. So I had this customer had created his own log format and he had uh, key value pairs in there like um, user equals Jeff, um, URL equals index.html. And then he had another field that was uh, called it segment. Segment equals, and he had a bunch of fields in there. So he had a bunch of values in there. Segment equals A, comma B, comma C, comma D, comma E, comma F. So that one particular field really has a number of values or what we call multiple values in it. So there's a command called make mv. So if I pipe that search to make mv and I tell it the field I'd want to turn into a multi-value field, it is supposed to automatically take that let's say that segment field and then generate let's say 80 copies of that. One for every value. So segment equals A, segment equals B, segment equals C. But it didn't. That's automatic key value pair extraction stopped at the very first comma. So what I found is I had to use my own field extraction for that and then make MV worked. The nice thing about that is pretty much anything you want to do in Splunk, you can do with a matter of configuring it either from the search language or from the command line but check it out make mv will turn uh, a multi-value a field into a set of multi-value fields kind of geeky but it's nice the types of things you might use it for are email um to michael to jeff to eric and so on and so forth so that was kind of interesting geeky but i always like to learn um some technical stuff about splunk
2: that's right i will take the speaking stick Yeah, that was cool. I I can think of something I need to use it for actually right right now. So uh, I'm going to call you after this and have you explain it again, but uh, it's good stuff. (laughs) So what did I learn this week? Mako templates. Mako templates.
1: Mako, Tim, what's that?
2: Pork bellies. Mako templates. (laughs) So we have – if you've used Splunk at all, uh, you know uh, all about our uh, application CSS, which – uh, helps you guide the visual elements of our XML which which shows the the results of searches or reports or charts or things like that sometimes uh, if you're not uh, well what happened to me this week there was there was some very uh, strict visual pieces that needed to get fixed uh, that that were not within the control of our of our CSS and I found out that we use these things called Mako templates. Actually, we knew that, you know, initially. What I didn't know about Mako templates is they're actually uh, much broader than Splunk. It's uh, you can go to mako.org. There's a whole community centered around Mako templates, and they're used in a variety of different applications, not just Splunk. And uh, it's it's part of our python framework for the for the user interface and it, uh, with a little bit of python uh, coding it, you can do all kinds of crazy visual pieces to to add to our our existing ui and it was uh, a lot easier than i thought it would be and uh, i was able to do some very interesting things with the with the visual bits for for this customer
1: that's called mako.org
2: m a k o like the shark mako shark
1: oh okay mako.org Make not like, not order. like, not like the auto paint place or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make sure. Right. Right. Cause that would be cool if we had a paint app first of all. No, uh, but you know, it, cause it's displaying and painting. I was thinking maybe that, no, um, uh, that's, I that's uh well, that's just my crazy weird mind doing that, but um, no, that's really, really cool. Um, the only, the, one of the only things that I, well, because I know everything it seems like, but I didn't know this um, right. no, I'm just kidding. i'm just i'm just I'm just kidding uh, I'm just kidding the um so so did you guys maybe I'll ask you guys, did you know um that field values are are case insensitive? Did you know that? Sure, I did not know that, so I just thought I would admit my ignorance by saying I didn't know that, but I did, but I did find out today this week um that they are insensitive, so if you have uppercase, or lowercase or mixed case. For a value of a field, it's going to it's Splunk's gonna look at it both the same. If you apply a operation on a field value, then it is case, it becomes case sensitive in a lot in a lot of uh situations where um you know you may need to um, like using the where uh piping to where command and in using the field, then it will then it will be case sensitive. So I I was learning about that and kind of experimenting that with a couple customers this week. So I thought that was really interesting. I thought I'd just share that.
0: Pretty much something new every week. The product is very powerful and there's a lot you can do with it. So check it out. As always, download Splunk at Splunk.com. And if you'd like to, of course, participate in the show, as always, email SplunkTalk at Splunk.com. want to thank Jeff, Blake, Maverick out of Dallas, myself, Michael Wild, the Splunk Ninja, and thank you for listening to another episode of Splunk Talk.
1: Splunk Talk.